pen, get a pad of paper, and sit down and get ready to have a Bible study with me, Evangelist Len Paxton. I love you, and I look forward to you. Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to the telecast this week. It's a joy and a delight to come into your hearts and homes and lives with the Word of Almighty God. Man, do you realize, if you're holding a Bible in your hand right now, or if you've got one in your house, go, go get it real quick. You have got the treasure house of the ages in your possession. Do you realize that? Glory be to God. I mean, it, there's more wisdom that we can dig out of this Scripture every day. Every you know, I've read the Bible probably 26 years now, and maybe a little bit more than that. And I'll tell you, I know I have just scratched the surface. You could never, if you had a thousand years in a lifetime to read the Word of God over and over and over again and memorize even great portions of it, you would only scratch the surface of the great and powerful truths contained in this book. Glory be to God, I'm telling you, we serve a wonderful Lord. Amen. We serve a great, big, awesome God. And He's written you a book. Man, and you ought to take the time every day to read a little bit of it. Amen. And encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, we're, this week, we want to pick back up in our study of Romans chapter 8. And it, it's a powerful study. Because we're going to see how God works, how the Holy Spirit works. We're going to understand God's prescribed order of victory. And we told you last week that it, you know, it's not God's desire for you as a Christian to live in any kind of bondage to any kind of sin. God wants His people to be free from sin. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know, you can have that freedom. This, it's not some dream. It's not some pie in the sky. It's not some kind of, well, I wish I could have freedom. I wish I could have victory over sin. I wish, I wish, I wish, but I can't never. No, that's a lie. You can have victory over sin in your own life. Amen? And you, know, it, you know what you need to do, and what I need to do, and what we all need to do, we need to stop always shouting about the other guy's miracle and give us a testimony of our own. Amen? Give us a miracle from God. And for some of you, a miracle from God would be victory over sin because, you know, as human beings, we struggle. And we struggle with the flesh. We struggle with, with carnal desires and things that are ungodly. And we're Christians and we truly love the Lord, you know? But we... Uh, we don't know how we're going to get victory. And it makes it really bad when you try and try and try and try and try to be free and try to have victory. You know, and you fail. And it hurts you inside because you don't want to fail. You don't want to fail the Lord. You don't want to displease Him. And you don't know what to do. But the Apostle Paul tells us what to do. Amen. And in a nutshell, in a word this morning, it is to place your faith in what Jesus did for you at Calvary. Understanding it and knowing it. Now let's go to Romans 8 and 1. Um, and what I'm trying to tell you is the struggle can be over. Amen. The struggle can end. 
and you can walk in peace? You can have peace, sir. Lady. You can walk in peace. You can walk in joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, the Bible tells us. You can walk in the love of God. You know, I used to battle. I used to battle an explosive temper. And it took me years and years and years before I realized that I could walk in the love of God. And that I didn't have to be an explosion waiting, going somewhere to happen, waiting to take place, you know. But I could have victory. You can have peace. You can have joy. You can walk in the love of God. You can treat others right. You can quit those cigarettes. You can be delivered from those cigarettes. You can be delivered from that alcohol. You can be delivered from those drugs. You see, it's, it's, a, it's a few things about every Christian. Let me just tell you this. A lot of times people will look at a Christian. I'll get to the text in a minute. Hang in there. But a lot of times people would look at a Christian who's involved in a sin, who is in bondage to a particular sin, and they would say, well, you know, they don't, they're not really serious about Jesus. They're just hypocrites. No, they're not. No, they're not. Um, I, I imagine there are some who are. I imagine there are some who, who just pretend. But the vast majority of believers, I believe, the vast majority love the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart. They love Him so much. And they don't want to sin. Let me tell you this. Every true believer, every true believer, irrespective of who that believer is, every true believer loves the Lord, and every true believer loves the Word, and every true believer hates sin and doesn't want to do it, and tries not to do it. And the Apostle Paul tells us that sometimes in the struggle of our trying, in the struggle of our trying, sometimes is the seeds of our defeat. Sometimes the seeds of our defeat is in the very struggle itself. And what Jesus wants us to do is put our faith in Him. And that word faith simply indicates trust, dependence, reliance upon, so that we look to Him exclusively for the needs that we have. And He'll bring us into victory. The Holy Spirit will always lead us into victory. He will never lead us into a life of sin. Alright, let's go ahead and read this text and then I'll, I'll get into it a little more. Romans 8 and 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The key here in order to, to live a life free of the guilt of the past and this is something that binds so many Christians with heavy chains is the guilt of the past. Well Brother Paxton you don't understand you don't know what I did a, a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, twenty etc. so forth. And because of things that we have done and we know what we've done. See, that can be a problem for us. Because even though others may not know, 
God knows, and we know God knows, and we know. And we now, now remember, we love the Lord. We love Jesus. We love the Word. We hate sin, and we don't want to do it. But we know what we've done. So Satan will try to come at the Christian with a, a guilt complex. Satan will try to attack you with guilt, with shame, with rejection, because of things that you have done. Now let me tell you something. Satan does make up some things to use against us. Sometimes Satan will, out of whole cloth, make up things and hurl it at us to hurt us. But an awful lot of what Satan comes at us with is the truth. I mean, we did the thing. We did it. You know, this is the reason that the Apostle Paul, you know, the, the cross of Christ covers all of these things that we're discussing here this week. Amen? Paul, in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, in the 1st and 2nd verse, declares boldly, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because at Calvary, Jesus paid the price. And if the believer has his faith in the finished work of Christ upon the cross, Satan cannot condemn you. Well, Brother Paxton, I'm not perfect. Well, neither am I. But neither am I condemned. Hallelujah. Because of what Jesus did for me at Calvary. And I know that if I slip, and if I stumble, and if I fall, and if I make a mistake, and if I'm overtaken in a fault, I know that Jesus Christ will forgive me as long as I repent, which means change my mind, change my way, change my direction, and go back toward Him. Hallelujah. Go away from the sin and start going towards Him. Some of you right now today, if you just lay that pack of cigarettes down on the table and walk away from it, turn, repent, turn away from it, leave it on the table, walk back toward the cross, hallelujah, you will be delivered from those things. Alcohol, drugs the same way, illicit sex, pornography, bondage of every type and description the same way. Turn your back on those things and begin to walk towards Calvary. Hallelujah. Steps of faith. Well, Brother Paxton, what if I stumble? What if I fail and, and do it again? Don't quit quitting. Don't quit turning. You hear it? <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> don't quit repenting. Because if you'll repent from a sincere heart, I don't care if you do it a thousand times. If you're in the midst of a struggle and a battle, as long as you're sincere, and as long as you mean it, and as long as you turn back to Christ, He will forgive you every time, praise God. That's the message of the grace of God. The grace of God is not a license to sin. I'm not talking about people that just make up their mind, well, you know, I'm going to sin, and then I'm going to ask God to forgive me, and everything's going to be alright. No, it won't. No, it won't. But if you are serious, 
if you're truly struggling with that thing and you slip and fall and make a mistake and sin again, He'll never turn you away if you'll come back to Him. He will never refuse you forgiveness if you're sincere and you're truly repenting and truly sorry. Now, I want you to understand that today. If I don't leave you with anything else today, I want you to understand that. You don't need to stay in that bondage. There's no condemnation to the child of God. He wants you to come to Him. When, when, when you're in a struggle with a particular sin or whatever, whatever your need might be, maybe it's not sin, maybe it's something else, but whatever, He wants us to come to Him. We are His children. He loves us. He paid a terrible and tremendous price for us. It cost God the best that heaven had for you and for me. It cost Him His Son. The blood of His Son for you and me. As Jesus hung there on Calvary's cross. And I will tell you this, child of God, church member that's listening to me today, Christian that loves Jesus, let me tell you something. There's a lot of teachings that are in the body of Christ today about blessings and about how to receive from God and how to obtain from the Lord. And most of it, to be quite frank and honest with you, is man-centered. Let me tell you something. Every blessing that the child of God has, or will ever hope to have, or will ever have, every blessing comes through the cross. The blessings do not necessarily come because of things that we do. They come because of what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. Now, we need to be obedient to the Lord, and there are some things that we do. But the blessings were not... The blessing of God was not purchased by my positive confession. The blessing of God was not purchased by my uh, positive mental attitude. The blessings of God was not purchased by my crawling on my knees until they become bloody. The blessings of God, whether it is prosperity, whether it is healing, whether it is salvation, sanctification, justification, glorification, whether it is a physical healing, material prosperity, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, whatever the blessing of the Lord that we're talking about is, it comes through the cross of Calvary. And there's no other entrance into our realm that the blessings of God can come by. It comes by the cross. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid the price. Jesus tread the wine press. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus defeated the enemy. Amen. And so when, if, if you want to be blessed, how many out there today wants to be blessed? Victory over sin is a blessing. It comes through the cross. Prosperity is a blessing. It comes through the cross. Divine healing is a blessing. It comes through the cross. Amen. The baptism in the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are blessings and they come through the cross. Glory to God. I get excited when I talk about the cross. If you want to have a blessed life, 
Now, I didn't say get rich, okay? But I said if you want to have a blessed life, come to Jesus Christ, hallelujah, come to the cross of Calvary and kneel there at the feet of the world's Redeemer and give your heart to Christ. And He pours out a blessing. He pours out so much blessing, I'll tell you, I don't have containers to receive it all. Hallelujah. Amen. Joy is a blessing. Peace is a blessing. Amen. Love is a blessing. Long-suffering is a blessing. And so on and so forth. It comes to the cross. Now, I was going to talk to you this week a little bit about what it means, the term here, in Christ. So let's turn there real quickly. And we'll try to get a part of this in. Romans chapter 6. And we're going to read verses 3 through 5. I'm reading from the Expositor Study Bible. I'm going to read the Scripture and then the notes. And let me say, before we do that, uh, let me say to you that these messages kind of connect together. So you want to make sure that you don't miss a week. Amen. And, and let God speak to you on a progression basis as we go along here studying uh, Romans chapter 8. Now we're going to read briefly from Romans 6, uh, chapter, one, uh, chapter 6, verse 3. And here's what the Bible says. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. This is plainly telling us that this is not water baptism. Okay? This is not water baptism. This is a spiritual baptism into Christ. Okay? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. Praise the Lord. Now this is what Paul said in Christ Jesus in Romans 8. Okay, when Christ died on the cross, in the mind of God, we died with Him. In other words, He, Jesus, became our, you and me, our substitute. And when we identify with Him in His death, it gives us all the benefits for which He died. Praise God. The idea is, ladies and gentlemen, He did it all for us. Oh, hallelujah. He did it all for us. I don't have to tread the wine press. Jesus already did it. I cannot pay for my sins. Jesus already did it. I cannot obtain victory over sin. Jesus already did it. That's the idea here. In Christ Jesus. It's a matter of His substitution and our identification with Him in His death. Amen? Therefore, verse 4, therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death. Not only did we die with Him, but we were buried with Him as well, praise God. All the sin and all the transgression of our past was buried in the tomb with Jesus. When they put Jesus in the tomb, hallelujah, they put all of my sins in the tomb as well. They put all of your sins in the tomb as well. Now remember, it's a matter of His substitution for us and our identification with Him in what He did. We identify with it. We receive it. We put our faith in it. We trust it. We rely upon it. Hallelujah. That will guarantee you 
the help of the Holy Spirit. Let's hurry up and finish this up. Uh, we're running out of time here uh, for today. But it says that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, this is Romans 6 and 4, by the glory of the Father, even so, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters today, let me tell you, it is possible for you and I as believers to walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. Not bound by the same old sins. Not living in the same old ruts. Amen. Not failing in the same old ways. It's possible... It's a matter of His substitution. When He died on Calvary, He was my substitute. And I identify with His death. Praise God. I know that I can't do it on my own. I know that I can't be saved on my own. I know that I can't have victory over sin on my own. I identify with what He did at Calvary. Praise God. And I receive that. And I trust that. And I rely upon that. Hallelujah. And He gives me victory. The Lord gives me the power of the Holy Spirit to live a victorious life over sin. Praise God. Upon my proper, properly placed faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you, are, you, are you starting to see that today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We can walk in newness of life. We died with Him. We were buried with Him. Hallelujah. His resurrection was our resurrection to a newness of life. Praise God. That's what Paul's talking about. He said, if we have been planted together with Christ in the likeness of His death, you see, Paul is here proclaiming the cross as the in instrument through which all blessings come. The cross must ever be the object of our faith. And I'm not talking about the wooden beam. I'm talking about what Jesus there did. The finished work of redemption. Amen. Must ever be the object of our faith because all blessings come through it. Praise God. That's what Paul is declaring. He also says, uh, when the cross is the object of our faith, this gives the Holy Spirit latitude to work within our hearts and lives. Praise God. So you can see from this study today that the Holy Spirit wants to take you from death unto life, from bondage unto deliverance, from defeat unto victory, and it's all dependent upon your faith in what Jesus did at the cross. He paid the price for you. Praise God today. Heavenly Father, thank you. Bless this time with the people. Bless these words to our hearts and lives today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So that was one of the teachings back in uh, yeah, 2007 that we did excerpts from Romans chapter 8 for the telecast. Now I want to go right into another one. Uh, with the help and grace of God. To explain them. Let me tell you again this week, uh, as I mentioned to you on the last program, if you want to write to me, 
of this week and ask for a free CD of teaching on Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. If you'll write and ask for it, I'll make sure that you get that teaching. That'll go much further and much deeper than we are able to go in the time allowed us on this program. Amen? But uh, by all means, we would look forward. It's absolutely free, and you can have it. Praise God. So write to us and get it. Uh, let's go back to our text in Romans chapter 8. And let's begin with verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. There is no guilt to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. Now that means, uh, you know, what he's saying here is that if you are identifying with the substitute, now remember, the substitute is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross in my place. He died on the cross in your place. When you identify with Him in that, you are at that time in Christ Jesus. You are at that time walking after the Spirit. Walking after the flesh is when you are depending on your own self-will, your own ability, your own performance, and the Scripture tells us here that if you're walking after the flesh, you are under condemnation. I want that to sink in. If you're, if you're walking after the Spirit, which we're going to get to, if you're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for you. I don't care what you've done. If you've repented... If you're sincere, then He's forgiven you if you've confessed it to Him. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Alright? If you're sincere, you're in Christ Jesus. You're free from guilt. You're free from condemnation. You're free from shame. You're free from the effects of rejection. Some of you are always whining about how rejected you've been in your life and my mama rejected me and my daddy rejected me and the school rejected me and society rejected me and life has rejected me and passed me by. Listen. Put some faith out there on the line. Trust Christ, praise God. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not depend upon their own self-will, their own ability, their own performance, but who walk after the Spirit, praise God. You see, what we're going to get into here, and we're going to see, is that the Holy Spirit has a way that He does things. God has a government by which He operates. And He does not operate outside of that government. In other words, uh, victory over sin is in the government of God, but only in the government of God. And the government of God is basically this. It says, if you'll place your faith in what Jesus has done for you at Calvary, if you will identify Him in His substitutionary death, then I will give you righteousness. I will impute His righteousness to you. In other words, Jesus didn't walk in condemnation. 
Jesus didn't walk in any guilt. Jesus didn't walk in fear and bondage and depression. Jesus didn't have none of those things. So, because He was perfect, and because He was the sinless sacrifice, and He hung there on that cross and died there for you and for me, when we identify that and see Jesus perfectly kept the law of God. Jesus never sinned. He never failed. Not one single time. Jesus never made a mistake. He never lost His temper. He never failed. He never cursed anybody out. Praise God. Well, brother man, what about the time when He drove the money changers from the temple? God told Him to do it, so He was an obedient servant. He did not lose His temper. Praise God. Jesus Christ was the only perfect human being that ever was, that ever will be. Amen. He was perfect before God. He kept the law of God perfectly and He hung and He died on the cross. And when we place our faith in what He did there, what He there did, when we place our faith in that, then God the Father credits us with Jesus' perfect law-keeping. Therefore, there is no condemnation for us. There is no guilt for us. There's no shame for us. Hallelujah. And we can be delivered from all that. But we cannot depend. We can't get there by depending on our own flesh, our own self-effort, our own uh, personal strength, our own personal ability, our performance, our religious exercises. We must depend only, only on what Christ did at the cross of Calvary. Amen. I'll tell you, that's good gospel news today. That is good gospel news today. Amen. Now let's go down and look real quickly at walking after the Spirit. It says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The Holy Spirit works exclusively. I mean, this is God's prescribed order of victory. Okay? The Holy Spirit works exclusively within the finished work. It's the legal parameter of His operation. The Holy Spirit can only legally work within the finished work of Christ upon the cross. And when we place our faith in that, that guarantees us the help of the Holy Spirit. Now verse 2, Romans 8 and 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise God. The law, we, we, we see here in this passage of Scripture two laws. On the one hand, you have the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. On the other hand, you have the law of sin and death. Let me make some statements about uh, each of these laws. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, hallelujah, is the only law. And this is, when I say law, I'm talking here about this is the way the Holy Spirit operates. This is the government of God. This is the way that all of the kingdom of God functions. The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
is the only law in the entire universe that is more powerful than the law of sin and death. Okay? Understand that. Now let's take for a moment the natural man that doesn't know Jesus Christ. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today, the most powerful law in your realm of existence would be the law of sin and death. And that law, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that law, will the law of sin and death, will dominate you, will beat you, will buffet you, will defeat you, will put you in, in, in uh, chains and shackles of slavery. You follow me? And the only law in the universe, my friend, that is more powerful than the law of sin and death is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So, when you place your faith in what Jesus Christ did at Calvary, you have tapped into the power source that will defeat the law, and in reality has already defeated the law of sin and death. So that you now, you now as a believer, can leave the death cycle and get over into the life, the life of God cycle, the abundant life cycle that Jesus talked about. Amen? You know, Jesus said, the thief cometh not, John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I am come, oh hallelujah, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give abundant life. Now let me ask you something. Does it sound like abundant life for me or you to get up every morning, <clears throat> to get up and sin a lot that day, and cry that night, we're sorry God, we didn't want to do it, we didn't mean to do it? That's not the abundant life that Jesus came to give a believer. Is it, is it abundant life for you as a child of God to sit back and watch your family fall apart because of the ravages of sin or because of the evil of witchcraft that's in our society today and many people? Is that the abundant life that Jesus came to give? No. But let me say this, the problem is never with God, it's always with us. The problem is never with God. The problem is with our believing. The problem is with our faith so oftentimes. Most of the time. We begin to look to self. We begin, you know, we get in a jam, we get in a bind, we got a bad situation going on in our home or on the job or with sin or whatever. And we begin to say, what can I do to come out of this? What can I do to overcome this? What can I do to get the victory over this? But that's not what God wants. God is saying to us, Jesus has already done it. Trust Him. Put your faith in Him. Believe Him for it. Hallelujah. Commit it unto His care. Can you today as a believer, can, do you know how? And I, I say this for a reason and I'll come back to it. Do you know how to just lay something at Jesus' feet? Do you know how to just commit your troubles and your cares unto Him? 
The reason I'm asking you that question is because many times we don't know how. We have a big struggle with letting go of, of you know, you and I steering the ship of our life. When all along, I like the song. You know, I don't. I don't know much about the girl who sings it. I, I don't know. You know whether she's even a Christian or not. But I like the song that talks about Jesus at the wheel, because in your life and in my life, Jesus wants the wheel. Will you give Jesus the wheel? Hallelujah. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is more powerful than the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is more powerful today than Jack Daniels or Seagram 7 or Budweiser. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is more powerful than pot. It's more powerful than crank. It's more powerful than ice. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is more powerful than internet pornography. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is more powerful than pedophilia. It's more powerful than filth. It's more powerful than homosexuality. It's more powerful than all of the chains and the shackles of sin that hell can try to capture you and I with. Praise God. And it doesn't really matter where you find yourself today if you'll put your faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. He will save you right there where you are watching this poor preacher right now. He will save you. He will sanctify you. He will clean up your life. He will give you your dream back. God will give you your dreams back. But you're going to have to trust Him. You're going to have to put your faith in Him and believe Him for it. Praise God today. You see, God wants to do it. God is a good God and Satan is a bad devil. God wants to love on you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart provided there within His will in the realm of righteousness. He wants, to, he wants to heal your body. He wants to save your soul. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. Praise God. And He'll do it. But you've got to go the Bible way. You've got to operate within the government of God. And that is faith in the finished work of Christ upon the cross. And that will guarantee you the victory of the Holy Spirit in your life. Praise God. You can have it today. You can, you can have it. You can walk in this experience in your own life. This law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus is a law of God devised by the Godhead in eternity past. God, in other words, God has established this is the way I work. Okay? Now, you remember what Cain tried to do? <clears throat> when, when, when God accepted Abel's offering but did not accept Cain's because what Cain did was he got outside of the government of God and he said, Lord, I, you know, I know you want a blood offering. <clears throat> I know that, that you accepted Abel's offering. You want a blood offering. 
but here's my vegetables. And Cain's groceries represents our fair works of the flesh. So we don't go to God, and here we are needing victory or, or needing a miracle or needing a blessing from God, and we don't go to God and say, Oh Lord, my faith is in my good works. My faith is in my church attendance. My faith is in my Bible reading. My faith is in my prayer life. We, we don't do that. Because none of those things, even though they're good, good works, but none of those things hung on Calvary's cross and paid the price for our deliverance. And that's why God won't accept them and will actually be displeased if you offer them to Him. Now hold on a minute. I'm not saying that we shouldn't read the Bible. We should. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray. We should. I'm not saying that we should not attend church because we should attend church. If you're a true Christian following the Holy Spirit, you will go to church because the Holy Spirit will be in control of your life and He'll be leading you and He will lead you to go to church. The Holy Spirit will lead you to read the Bible. The Holy Spirit will teach you from the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God is the most important thing you've got in your life and the Holy Spirit will lead you deeper into it. The Holy Spirit will lead you into developing a powerful prayer life. Remember this. Prayer changes things. Amen. So the Holy Spirit will lead you into all of these good works. Well, here, here's a good one for you. The Holy Spirit will always lead the Christian to pay their tithe. Oh, boy. The Holy let me let me say it all again because I want you to understand and not misunderstand me. These works are good. Cain's groceries. I don't think he took spoiled cabbage to the Lord. He offered the best he had, probably. You follow what I'm saying? These are good works. And more than that, the Holy Spirit will prompt us to do these things in life. The Holy Spirit will lead us into Bible study. The Holy Spirit will lead us to church attendance. The Holy Spirit will lead us to pay our tithe and give offerings. The Holy Spirit will lead us to develop and have a prayer life. The Holy Spirit will lead us to memorize Scripture and be able to let it flow from us to be a blessing to us and others. All of these things. The Holy Spirit will do these things in the heart and life of a believer, but not to get you to become a believer. He does it because you are a believer. The Holy Spirit does not, the Lord does not accept those things in order to give you victory. The victory comes from what Jesus did at the cross and you're placing your faith in that. These things come because you are saved because you are being sanctified, because you are getting developed in victory in life, then the Holy Spirit will lead you into doing all of these good works, these Christian disciplines that you should and must do. And you will do it, because the Holy Spirit will give birth to it. Now God will accept it. But if you give birth to it, from your flesh, depending upon these things and not depending on Christ and you offer him to God he won't accept it the Lord only accepts that which is birthed of the spirit 
Amen. The Lord only recognizes that which is birthed of the Holy Spirit in the heart and life of a believer. I read the Word of God incessantly. I read it vociferously. I am a voracious reader. I love to read the Word of God. But I don't do that to, to stay saved. I do it because I love the Lord. And because I love the Word. Amen. So I think you understand what we're trying to say. Um, I pray that you do anyway. And again, let me mention, you can write to us this week. Um, we'll, we, we don't know uh, how long we're going to do this, but this week again, you can write to us and get the free CD on teaching Romans 8, 1 through 6. And it will shed more light on these issues for you. The Holy Spirit works in the way we are describing. He works completely and totally and only through your faith being properly placed in what Jesus did at Calvary. Now if you want if you want victory in your life, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, then that's the way you have to get it. It's God's prescribed order of victory. It is the government of God. Amen. Uh, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. All life comes from Christ. Let me say that again. All life comes from Christ. Man did not evolve. God is the creator. And the same thing is true in spiritual ways that your spiritual life really doesn't evolve from things that you can do to whatever. Life is given us by the Holy Spirit. And all life is in Jesus Christ. He is the author of life. He is the finisher of life. He is the giver of life. He said, I came to give you abundant life. He wants us to have abundant life. He doesn't want us to be in bondage to sin. He doesn't want people to die of AIDS. He doesn't want people to die of lung cancer. He doesn't want people to have all these terrible problems in our world today. We live in a fallen world. And listen to me. You know, it, it, it's never going to be perfect until we get home to glory. Because we live in a fallen world and the things that happen on this planet affect us even though we're believers. Even though we're believers. But what I'm trying to tell you is the behaviors that cause some of these problems you can be delivered from. And some of you you can you can catch this so early in life before you you know before you ever smoke a cigarette you can understand this message of the cross some of you are going to be blessed and, and before you ever engage in immoral activity you can catch this what we're talking about so the behaviors our human behaviors that causes us problems and puts us into bondage our behavior is what needs to be addressed. And our behavior can be addressed by what Jesus did at Calvary. And that can change our behavior. Amen? And give us the victory in life. And we can live a life 
that God would want us to live. Now, don't misunderstand me. Uh, <clears throat> there's an awful lot of really, really wonderful Christian people who are sick right now today. And maybe, a, maybe past behavior in their life did cause that sickness. I don't know. You know, I, I know with some it is that way. And they're no, listen, they are no less Christians. You are no less a Christian. You're every bit as much a Christian as anybody else is. We live in a fallen planet because of Adam's sin, because of the fall in the Garden of Eden. And the things that are on this planet is going to have an effect upon us. There's no way around that. God can protect us, and sometimes He chooses not to. And we have to leave that with the Lord. I don't, I don't hold any truck with these people who are, you know, all the time blaming the individual if something bad is going on in their life. That's not always true. We have to leave a lot of these things with the Lord. But God, but God, if He can get this message to us in time, He can save us untold tragedy and heartache. And even if we're in the midst of something right now, you see, things in life kind of go in cycles. I believe God is a God of cycles and patterns. So when you come out of the, the situation that you're in right now, and you're armed with the truth of the Word of God, praise God, you can have a better life in the future. Praise God. There's always hope for the future with Jesus Christ. There's always hope for the present to change a bad situation through the power of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And that's how I want to leave you this week. Uh, we didn't really cover this material uh, like we ought to. I think we'll come back to it again uh, next week. But I just want to tell you today, you have hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't need to be trapped in hopelessness or despair. Give it to Jesus. Give Him the control. Give Jesus the wheel. Give Jesus the wheel. Give Him your heart and life today. And He can make something beautiful out of your life. I don't care if right now you've got it in a mess. I know what that's like. But if you'll give it to Him today, He can make something beautiful out of your mess. Amen. And so this is part of a... We're bringing back some of these old teachings from 2007 uh, as it relates to the message of the cross. We're in a new series now called Grace, Not Law. And we wanted to make these uh, audio clips available to you free on this podcast. God bless you and be looking for the next clip.